I wasn't going to do the shir, but then I thought to myself, there's so much to do for Pesach. So I figured I'd do like a, 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 a mini uh, class just to prepare on, on some level for Pesach. Mm-hmm. Really, anyone who comes to tonight, the good thing is they're thinking about Pesach, beyond cleaning. We should be learning about Pesach. We should be thinking about it beyond the halachas I'm doing every morning and evening. I, we need to be thinking about uh, the, the comprehensive Pesach. So I want to do a start with Dessler, do a piece of Nechtel Meliyahu, and then we'll do some of the laws of Dafi Komen, which I think are pertinent, uh, which I haven't done for a couple of years uh, as uh, as well. And of course, well, any questions will be uh, will be fine. So Dessler has an important piece. It's called Zman Cheresenu. Now, this is an important piece not only for the, the Night of the Seder, but for the whole Pesach, as we're preparing now, as you're cleaning now, as uh, you know, you're making hachanas. It says 30 days before Pesach, we're supposed to think about Pesach. So really, 30 days is, is with two weeks left, and it's not just that you learn the halachas or you learn works, so you clean up um, to be ready uh, on a on a on a halachic level or to know what you need to do. You need to, we need to be spiritually ready. You know, I, I, if I, I, I said this muscle, this metaphor before. If tomorrow someone would get married, and you get proposed and married right away, the wedding would be a different wedding. Part of the wedding is getting geared up for the wedding. The Seder is a night where we can reach the highest levels of closeness to Hashem, the highest levels of clarity to Hashem. Actually, Larry Franks was here by, by Minachamar. Last year was his first Seder by my house, I think like 50 years. So he told me, at least 50 years, I think. He was like blown away. Like he, you know, it has that potential for anybody. But certainly, if it, it, someone hasn't been to a seder, but for us, people who learn Torah, people connected, the Vilna Gain. I love this story of Vilna Gain. The Vilna Gain at the end of the seder would learn Shir Hashirim, and in the middle of Shir Hashirim he would faint. He would, he had such a high, such a high level, such a high, uh, such a high level. That he would fade. So Rav Dessler really wants to get into this level. level. Says Rav Dessler from the Haggadah, If a Karish Baruch would not have taken out our ancestors from Mitzrayim, Hari Anu, Uvanenu, Uvanei Banenu Mushubadim, Hainu Leparo Mitzrayim. If Hashem would not have taken us out of Egypt, we say in the Haggadah, we and our children, and our children's children would have still been slaves to. I'm sure everyone has at least four to five explanations. What this means is one of the most talked about parts of the Haggadah. What does that mean? We would have still been slaves to Mitzrayim. If you don't have four to five explanations, we should talk privately or you should prepare. All right, what, what does it mean? So if that's what it's going to give an approach. Everything in Judaism, everything in Judaism has an internal world or understanding. We don't there's nothing that has that's meaningless. From how we cut our nails to how we how we do things on Pesach, there's nothing meaningless in Yiddishkeit. Um And when you look at the uh the pnimi, the internal uh, uh understanding of something, then you can have a spiritual take on it. I think I mentioned this story that by Joel Gadalius's wedding, I, it was my first time I really gave a full explanatory... You were there, Andy, weren't you? Yeah. Because we, we went to Shmuel Kamenetsky, that's how I remember oh, that. Oh, that's and right. And so was Alex, right? Yeah. I think you went to Shmuel Shalom, right? But, yeah. uh, oh, you were at Shalom. You were, you, were, you were up north. Yeah, you missed I, out. I, I missed you missed out. You missed Shmuel Kamenetsky. Yeah? At the wedding. Yeah, so yeah. I did, I, I did like a, really, they asked you to explain... Everything, you know, it was like a long chuppah. A guy comes to me after the way. Like two people come to me. Like, a yeshiva boy came to me. I mean, two people which are memorable. More than one that came to me. He said, one of the seed guys who had been in our program, he, he came to the wedding and said, I can't believe it. I've been to Amelia Chasana. I never understood half the things we were doing. And the other thing was an attorney, a Jewish attorney, who was part of the, at the time, the Davis's Reform Temple, married to an Italian. The guy was about 70 years old. And he said to me, Rabbi, if I knew Judaism had so much meaning, I'd live a different life. I never knew there was any meaning to Judaism. You know, he had never, you know, so the two people, was the yeshiva student that I remember, and this same guy, you know, you know, both of them had different lives, but both lacking a certain meaning. The more we understand why we do anything, from putting on tefillin to tzitzis, to eating marer, 
to anything, the more ruchnius, the more spirituality we have. We, otherwise, it's, we're doing things at a rote. It means you want to become more spiritual. You have to understand more what you're doing and why you're, why it's so important. In Yen HaGalas, when we talk about exile, near Adam HaChitzoni we look at exile, right? we look at it typically that a, a country is not in their homeland. It's a physical exile. In fact, you know, when I say Israel today is in Gullis, some, you know, some Zionist Jews are like, what do you mean we're in Gullis? So I'm living in Jerusalem. They look at it as a physical reality, right? That, that they're viewing Gullis as physicality. And if you look at it in physical, yeah, it could be in the old city of Jerusalem and, still in, and not be physically in Gullis. However, a person who's spiritual and looks at the internal reality, being, when we talk about gullus in exile, right, it's 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 only an uh, of reality. But the real reality of exile is when your soul is in exile. You don't, you're not comfortable where you are. You lack comfortable. Actually, without interestingly today. I was teaching the girls in the Era Academy on Tuesday, the 12th grade. So that's how the Vilna Gaon went to Gullis. He went into, when he was in his 20s, the Vilna Gaon, you know, went incognito. He was this child prodigy from the age of three years old. He was a, a, a phenomenon in, Phil, in Vilna. Everyone knew who he was. He, was, he, knew, he knew Tanakh by heart by seven and, and Shas by heart by 11. You know, he... You know, I mean, he, he was, he, 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 by, by age 20, he was teaching elder sages of Vilna. Everyone knew who he was. So he went to, went to exile. One of the reasons he went was to learn, see all the manuscripts in Europe. But another th- reason he did is he wanted to feel what it meant to be normal. From the age of a little kid. And for Kapara. He's always this, so he, in those days, it's before, um, what's it called, uh, uh, Instachat, right? And, and Google Book, there's no social media. No newspapers, you know these things are? Right? No, no Twitter accounts for you, Belsky? Uh, that doesn't look like it when you wear that hat. Uh, right? No Twitter for you? No, nothing. No, no one ever recognized the Volga When he went to Germany, they had heard of him. Everyone heard of the Volga But they had no idea what he looked like. And he went into Gullus. So the girl said, What do you mean he went to Gullus? I mean, he chose to go to these place, places. So, no, no, Gullus is being uncomfortable, it's, it's losing who you are. It's real gullus is to lose of who you are. It's a loss of who you are. Right? When you're put into exile, when you're put out of your thing, you lose who you are. And he looks at gullus, pirish haisa taksam sahara. And the greatest gullus is to lose who you are to your yetzahara. And you lose yourself to the yetzahara. There's a, there's a house next to me. It's the second time I saw it in a few months. The police surround this house. There's a girl, like a wayward girl there. A nice girl. She says a lot about every, every time she's me. A dysfunctional home. You know, I don't know what she's doing. Uh, to be honest, but she's a nice, she's just lost. You know, like a lost kid. Like you, you look at this kid and you say, what's going to be with her like, in eight years? She's 15 or 16 now. She's getting into trouble constantly. You know, a, a single mother, like, no di- direction in life. Right, so she's under her Yitzhara. She has nothing going for her. I mean, the truth is, if she'd be uh, a Yiddish kid, I'd pull her aside and personally guide the girl because, you know, I'm not going to. Um, uh, but, but, you know, all of us, to the extent we're lost to our Yitzhara, are in Gullus. Well, there Chazal explain what Gullus is. When we say, Asher Ga'alnu, what do we say? The bracha is, Asher Ga'ulasenu. When you say the bracha, so every, everything has meaning, right? What's like we just said the bracha on the trees outside, and we said it carefully. The bracha is al gula seno. When we talk about being redeemed, it's our gula al pedus nafsheno, and the redemption of our souls. Golos Mitzrayim. Dasso explains that the exile in Mitzrayim was We, When you learn the story, when you're a little kid, I don't care which school you go to, every little kid, when you learn about Mitzrayim, you know, bricks and mortar, and you know you have the minig, you walk on the tables, and the fearsome Sephardim do that, and you think of slavery, you think about the kids dying, and you think of all the... Tr- That's true, that was a, a physical reality. But when you, the real... Why we were in Mitzrayim, 
And what Mitzrayim really was, was nothing about the physical world. It, it was a reality. And when you're a little kid, you can think that. Because it's true, that's what we think of when you think of Mitzrayim. You think of Egypt and the exile, we think of physica- physical servitude, physical subjugation, terrible tragedies. But the main goal of Mitzrayim was Shlita Sayetzer. Kvar Amru Zal, Remer Daik Bishma, that Remer, Remer Balhanes, was very careful to give names. And he was able to shot things up, touch things, expound and elucidate based on the name. He would be, be able to see Gershon, Shiran, Yehuda, Nochom. What's your Hebrew name? Tzvi. He'd be able to see the name and the person and have a deep understanding that there's something there. There's a, there's an, and of course, in, in Jewish thought, the name has an impact, on uh, is connected to the soul. But Ramir was more that he was able to see in everything the Torah said a name, what it meant, what it, what it symbolized. Um, that Jewish thing, like, we're, we're, there's a certain amount of divine providence, the names that were given. It's somehow connected to our, our soul. And certainly the Torah says names, which are the names that God gave. Right? These names, like Mitzrayim, um, it means something. And Mitzrayim says Rav Dessler comes from the Sheresh of Meitzar, Doichak, tightness. Like we say, Minha Meitzar. When do we, we last say that? Today. Today, this morning, Rosh Chedesh. Minha Meitzar, from the, the tight situation, from the depths of our situation, we call out to Hashem. Mitzrayim comes from Meitzar. And, uh, and also comes from Gvul. There was a place of, of, of locked in. That's what Chazal say. There's never, there never a slave who got out of Egypt. How tight, how strong the borders were of Mitzrayim. Haria Mitzrayim was the place when you went to exile and we'll see spiritual exile in a second in Mitzrayim it was as difficult as you can ever imagine to get out of that exile it was the abyss of the exile just like it was physically an Alcatraz I remember when I went to Alcatraz uh, I, I, you know, was, uh, I never would have went to Alcatraz. Never, never, never. I can't have time to go to Alcatraz. But you have kids, so you do certain things. You gotta do things anyways. And my, my mother locked up tickets. She said, can I go? So I went. And whoever, my rule was, if I go somewhere, cop it on, you take advantage. So I listened to every, I'm already there, you know? I listened to all of the things, and I, you know, I read all the, I read everything that was there. And a, a big part of Alcatraz was over the decades that it was there, only three people possibly escaped. They don't even know if they made it out. They don't, they never found them. Possibly escaped. You know, and it's such a, you know, and that's actually part of the aura of Alcatraz. It was this inescapable fortress, right? It was so difficult to get out because it was on an island that was secluded, right? It was, you know, etc. And any, there was no boats. It wasn't like a port city, you know. Any boat was monitored that's coming in and out and you had to swim and they had all kinds of lights and the jail. I mean, it, was a, it was a fortress, right? So Mitzrayim was, it was, it had never had anyone close to that, right? It was, but it's not just on a physical level. It was on a, a spiritual. Kitumas HaMitzrayim was Chazaka Amoid, the Tumah, the spiritual subjugation was so intense. That the spiritual angel angel of Mitzrayim was the Sar of Gehenim. Was the angel of Gehenim. And it's known that in Jewish thought that whoever the angel is of a nation who's our angel by the way? Please tell me who Who? Michal. 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 We are we are we have Gabriel as well, but Michal is is Klaiusol's particular. Michal, Miss Wendy Gabriel, Mufanai. Save it for your sleep. Uriel, Macharai, Rafael, right? It's part of Krishna Shmita. 
Tumas Mitzrayim was so deep that Sarwash Gehenim, which shows what the essence of Mitzrayim was. It was Gehenim. Umavur the Maral. What does it mean with the Sar of Mitzrayim? State the Maral. What's meant? What's meant? What does it mean? The Sar of Mitzrayim was Gehenim. It was the complete absence of spirituality. Now, I have to ask you to remember, like, if you were, like, you know, today a little bit, a little bit in Silicon Valley, San Francisco, you can begin to understand, but this is before Torah, even, right? You had the complete loss of spirituality in Mitzrayim. There is nothing, the opposite of anything metaphysical, of spiritual. Of spiritual. Uh, and, and, and what the Egyptians try to do is to destroy the Jews physically and spiritually. The Jewish people in Mitzrayim came to the 49th level of Tumah. Right? They, they would never have a fix. How, does it mean? How do you never have a fix? By the way, how do you understand that, by the way? This I Darshan Hakada. How do you how is it possible to be in the Memtes Shari and you never can be fixed? So let me tell you my greatest fear. Not my greatest fear, a fear. You know, let's let's imagine the following thing. You know, today, if you're gay, okay, growing up in San Francisco, you you won't change because you're told this is okay. And you're told that anyone who's against you is a homophobe or a religious fanatic. Now, now, and imagine now you're told that from the time you're in preschool. And you're told that that's who you are and you can never change. And now there's no more evangelicals, there's no more Orthodox Jews, there's no one around you. Everyone gives you that message. All of society tells you that no matter who, that you are gay and that's great, that's it. So would you ever be able to get out of that? No, because there's nothing around you that tells you that that's not true. Every the whole messaging, you know, today you still have then they call them, you know, Puritans or archaic people or Bible Belt people or old books. But imagine all the books are gone, <laughs> and all you have is that education. Could you ever get out of that? No, because every you're the the biggest echo chamber in the world is exactly that, right? If if you know, wearing clothes. If everyone takes off their clothes, and everyone tells you that's how you live, and all society does that, so then what happens? You can never get out of that. So, Memtachal two men said they were at the this of getting to the point of no return. The point of no return is when all of society tells you wrongful behavior is okay, and when you have that, you can't fix yourself. <laughs> you can't change because everyone, everything from the newspapers to you know uh, that reality. Uh, is exactly that way, you know. Unless you're Avram Avinu, right? That's where Avram, there's nothing telling you differently. So they're at such a level of tumah that means they were being so ideologically. It's not. It's not the level, you know. As long as you have a clarity of what you can do, even if you're struggling with the Yitzhara, or you have somebody who could tell you. But if everything around you is telling you this is life, you're never going to have Torah. You're never going to have this, and everything around you is low moral standards, right? then that becomes a standard. Today, by the way, you look at, you know, uh, you know, society, the dress code, it's much worse. You know, because everything around is go- giving that way. It's so, imagine, there's no po- opposite. You know, today, again, it's not a homogenous society, but in the Mitzrayim, it was such a strong culture. And it was so controlled. It was going so much in such a direction that they were, the Jewish people were in danger of being swallowed by that culture and never being able to see anything differently. That's what it means to be Memtash Shari Tumam. Um, and the Malka Shomitzrayim, the, the king of, of Egypt, Paro, who bechina miuchedes abepchisuso, right? It was the, the lowest level of, uh, of, uh, of uh, vulgarity. And by the way, the Egel, Chazal tell us, was learned from Paro. Right? It's, that he quotes that the Egel is Yafiyah Mitzrayim. Right? Um, right? That uh, Paro was, was Parua, was Megula. He was the most perverse, the most disgusting person in lifestyles you can imagine. He's Bechinas Hanayis HaTumah Shemitzrayim HaBechisat Sagvul Yitzer. Right? You just do it everyone. So, you know... That's why all of the kings in Egypt 
were called para. Why are they called para? Because they're all megula. Their essence was, you know, if in, and again, if the leaders are that way and everyone imitates, when you have when you have corruption, when you have moral decay at top, it affects everyone around you also. That's the whole direction of the country. That's the whole essence. And para was megula. It says of Dassler, there's Shivan Param Latero. Pir Shatura misparashas, the call echav echad. When you say Shivan Param Latero, there's seventy explanations to the Torah. Vasmand, what does it mean seventy explanations? Tzvi. What does it mean seventy ex tzvi? I like that name by the way. What does it mean seventy explanations to the Torah? Don't know. Any volunteers? Seventy Shivan Param Latero. There is um, essentially, as 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 human, we're limited in our uh, understanding, and so you're you're looking at a as being finite. We're looking at something that's infinite, and so we only have an angle of it, uh, a certain understanding. Good. Let's just to flesh it out. Cesar Dessler. When he says "shim panam l'tera," pure shatur mis barasha l'kol echavi echad. It's not there's, there's, we're limited. We're limited by us. You and I and you and you, we all have different shurish and neshamas. So our limit, it's not just that the, we, we were limited understanding. We're limited by how we view the world, right? We're limited by how our soul views the world, right? We're, our souls are unique. And so every soul connects to Torah a little bit differently. You know, every, you know, you get two people to yeshiva, one guy ends up, one guy ends up this way. Why is that? It's not just kashkafa. There's also a, 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 a gravitation in certain ways for different folks, different strokes for different folks. Everyone hear that? Different strokes for different folks? Yeah, it should be. Well, what? What's that? So, and everyone has different, the way they connect. The shivim panim, and the shivim panim, or connecting the shivim bechinas, the meanest kedusha of the shiroshim of base Israel. So it, we say it's it, there's seventy. This idea of seventy go down to Mitzrayim. It's that seventy shiroshim. So it could be that we have a little bit of, of different shiroshim, but it comes from those seventy. It comes from those seventy. Already coming from the shvatim. It's that seventy. It's those, there's seventy realities of souls. Like a person can have a slight combination, but it's those seventy. And that's why also there's 70 Ummas in the world. There's 70 Jews who go down to Mitzrayim, and there's 70 Ummas in the world. And by the Ummas, they can have Midas of Tumah. Bein Elam Mitzrayim, if all those 70 Ummas of Tumah, the Mitzrayim was the lowest. The worst, the most decrepit, the most vulgar, the most ideologically dangerous, right, was Mitzrayim. Like, you probably, if you see, if you ever get a Prussian Alex in Russia in 1957, right, which was an incomplete... They probably the countries on a derech where everyone was bought into communism, right? They were trying to get that, to to control the school systems, control the media, right? Control. Yeah, there were some small <coughs> number of people who had internal resistance at least. Right. Majority didn't have any resistance. Any resistance, <laughs> right? Um, any uh, resistance. So you you, know, you imagine here your Mitzrayim is the lowest of low and with complete control. And they're controlling the messaging, and they're controlling the thought patterns, and they're controlling what, what's what what's the reality is. Um, and Mitzrayim was worse because it's panhago is lit for its proof to spinefish. And I meet Russian Jews, by the way, uh, today less so because there are very few. They're so far out of comments. But years ago, they were the worst. They were so skeptical. So I can. I mean, they had schooling. There's. Do you have this Alex to learn about why science is true and God's not? Did you learn that? There are people. I people told me like classes. No mentioning of God. Only, only just mockingly. <laughs> mockingly. Yeah. Right. And I mean, so you deal when, when I met with Russians years ago. They were. They, that's that. That was how they came to the world. They were very, very as opposed to a good Moroccan. You know, when even if they're not from, they're ah, Hakadosh Baruch You know, they Baruch loves you. You feel that it's a different starting point. Even Tunisians, by the way, it's a different starting point than being a Russian. And coming from a society where everything that affects you, it affects your ability to believe, because it was such a joke, it was such a mocking. And Mitzrayim's goal was lifts pirtz benefesh. Shilishlo that you should, you know, dress provocatively, act provocatively. And the culture tells you not only that is it 
uh, is it okay? It was Hayalid's culture. It was cosmopolitan. It was sophistication. It was progressive. It was godly, if you can use that in those terms over there. It was the religion of Mitzrayim. It was the political correct religion of Mitzrayim. And everything Mitzrayim told you to, uh, to, live, that world, to live that way. If Madregos uh, the Memtas, Asher Oyma Avaisuk Nasein, if Siddha Gamre, Regaz, if we would have been lost, Hashem took us Bechepazan. That's what it means if Hashem didn't take us out. We and our children and our children's children would have been slaves to Mitzrayim, right? We would never be able to connect to Hashem. We've been so lost in that world, right? We would never be able to accept the Torah. We could never be able to get out of that, of that servitude. That's, what's, that's what it means to be. Gullus uh, Mitzrayim says Rav Dasser. What's Cheres? What does it mean to have Cheres? Says Rav Dasser. Gather Kviyas and Zman Miyucha Min Hashemayim. Look how Indian. Sheish Bo. The Varamukim. Says Rav Dasser. Every deep concept has its time where it could shine. I in the Maral. It says the Kol Zman. Zman Hayla Adam Rishon. Sheikanes. There was a time for Adam to come to Ganadin, and there would have been a time for him to leave. Okay, Lefizeh, Inyan Zman Kharasenu, is the time where in the world, this is a big concept, he says this in a few places, where Scheres in this in the world. Means we didn't leave, uh, uh, it's not that we left on the 14th of Nisan, and that's why we have Pesach then. We left on the 14th of Nisan because it was a time of Kheres, and that's what we celebrate today, that the same Kheres that was then is here today. Uh, the kol nefesh mizrabazmanahu. Every Jew can have this. I'll explain this in a, in a future piece more. Um, even on a simple level, before explaining it later on, he says that when it comes to the, the day of we left to freedom, each one of us in this room is haizdamnus, letzar hated, libosenu, echiatsana lecheres. First of all, to think how in Mitzrayim we left. From an, an attitude of servitude, but is a machazik osano to free ourselves today. I mean, honestly, I know everyone in this room. I can tell you, including myself, we're all slaves. We're slaves to ourselves at some level. We slaves to our midas. We slaves to our, our dreams. Could be slaves to our past. Uh, Could be slaves of our worries for our future. Right? We 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 sell ourselves. We lock ourselves by feeling chained. Right? We, we feel that we can, there's certain things I can't change. I am who I am. Or I'll never learn Gemara B'in. Or I'll never finish this. Or I'll never be a good father. I'll, I'll always be impatient. Or I'll always, you know, I'll never, even on a physical level, you know, so, you know, people are poor sleepers. Well, you know, we feel um, that's my nature. And the truth is, if it's a person's nature, it's hard to change. But the truth is, if a person would daven, and, you know, you can become a better sleeper. You may not be the best sleeper, but... We 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 sell ourselves into slavery. Slavery, and what the, the the Mitzrayim is really funny when we're locked in Mitzrayim, a place where nobody gets out. Nobody left Mitzrayim physically and spiritually. You were branded as you never left Mitzrayim. You were never able to get out of that. Right, and Cheres is a time when you realize that you could get out of that. You could switch. You could change. You could accomplish. Um, Nimsa, this time this is not just a historical time. We're not just celebrating a historical event on Pesach. It's uh, of about something happened. It's not July Fourth. Is there anything unique about July Fourth? No, <laughs> right? July Fourth is a historical event. Uh, Heyer, historical event. Right? Nobody believes in Heyer. You, you metamorphosize, right? On, on Heyer, um, right? But on, on on Pesach, it's 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 not a historical event, right? It's it, this is a time. We're able to fight, to challenge ourselves to get true spiritual freedom. Not physical freedom, spiritual freedom. The Kate said, and how do you get that spiritual freedom? It's Chazal. In the ben Chorim, a person is only truly free. Ella Misha Isaac Matar, a person who studies Torah. Shenamar Charas al Haluchas, al Charas el Charas. The Luchos were engraved. Did you know that's how the Sarasadibra is written, how the Ten Commandments written, Harvey? What ink was it? Was a uh, Ten Commandments written? What, what ink was it written? You're in the hot seat, by the way. I told you you're in the hot seat. Well, we're talking about 
Not with Charles and Heston, like the real one. Moshe, Moshe. Moshe would be in stone, no? So was it? What kind of ink was it? It was engraved. There you go. Right, it's, it was engraved. So Chazal say it wasn't engraved. On a homiletical level, on a, a drush, it says, "Don't say engraved, but freedom comes from it." For Yedua Shebechinas Haluchos, the the Ten Commandments, was uh, they, they, they we even say it. They write it on the chambers of your heart, and when a person connects to Torah, um, it means uh, that. Uh, when you say well, you're Isaac, but what's Isaac mean? Where's Isaac come from? What's Isaac? Business. You deal in Torah. When you know when you do your business, Google. They think of when you're in the Google room. What do they think about? Do they think about uh, uh, selling jer- jerseys. Yeah. And they think about their business, right? You think you think about YouTube and all the problems they're having now, right? Uh, yeah, you think about your core business. That's what people do, right? You you at the end of the day, a person. You think well, a Jew's business is Torah. So your Isaac with Torah means you're thinking about Torah. You're thinking about spirituality. When you're thinking about spirituality, means when you're leaving, you know, the, the, you know, when you're in, uh, in in a law office, or you're in a high tech office, or you're on the country club, and, and you, the minute you start thinking in spirituality, you're leaving your present reality, right? You're 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 you're, you're leaving your confines. Of being a lawyer, being a doctor, being a, being a uh, an, an, an engineer, and you when you start to connect to that world, you start to connect to the ability to change. Right? It starts to to uh, to, uh, to connect something beyond your present reality, something beyond what is right the here, uh, the here and now, um, and ultimately beyond the that. So there's a, a person. Who doesn't constantly ter- learn Torah? It says in the Medrash, is Nazav. You know what Nazav is, Alex? Nazav. Disgusting. Says says the ultimate Kelm that a person is disgusting to Hashem, right? And disgusting, a bum, right? A bum. He says, says that's how how noira. That a person who, who could study Torah and doesn't is, is not. That is, is Meshukot Spein HaKashbrach. Why is that? You know, can you imagine the following thing? Can you imagine if you're in a company like Google and you could be Sergey Brin and instead you you play backgammon all day and, and blackjack or you sit out there drinking. You imagine you were the CEO and you end up that way. You look, what a bum. You would look at this person if you have a brilliant mind with a talented person and instead of achieving, they sit in the streets you know, under the bridge, by the, you know, in the, in the creek, living like a bum. When, he, when a person could connect the Torah, and they, all they are, they're like a bum. They've sold them, they don't even realize how much they sold themselves short. There's, they, there's, there's such a loss there. Right? The only way a person's free is ultimately free. Ultimately free. Is when they leave any subjugation, when they believe that for themselves, all is possible. And so where do you see that? For the Isra Chametz. Where is Chametz compared to the Yitzhahara? How much of Chametz is Isra? Amashu. Right? And the beginning of all freedom, says Rodesler, right, is to, is to, to realize that, there is no, that there's nothing that holds us back. That the only thing that's holding us back in life is Chametz, is the Yitzhahara. And if you want to truly be free on Pesach, you want to truly have Pesach, you want to truly gain from Pesach, you can't have any chametz in your house. You can't have the Korban Pesach and have chametz. That's law. You cannot, it's forbidden to have any chametz, any Yitzhahara on Pesach. Because Pesach is a night that teaches us that all is possible. It may be possible tomorrow, but all is possible. As long as you're on that path, there is nothing that holds you back in this world. And that's why on Pesach we need to come in with no chametz. That when you think about chametz and you're at the night of your Seder and you have no... Do you know my, my wife said to me, my wife's like, oh my goodness, how am I getting ready for Pesach? That itself is challenging. You know, but you get rid of the chametz you, you, on the night of Pesach you think to yourself, I have no Yitzhahara. Ha- there is nothing in the world that can stop a person who is realizes that the, the, the power of spirituality, the power of Rukhis, what stops us 
what blocks us is our Yitzhahara. And we come into Pesach with the greatest, what Mitzrayim is, is when we limit ourselves. When we make ourselves small. When we make our reality small. And Pesach is all about making ourselves great. And the way you make yourself great is by taking out the Chametz. And every year, it says of Dessler, when you come to Pesach, you come in without Chametz. And therefore, in the next couple of weeks, as you clean the Chametz, so you prepare for Pesach, we're supposed to come in with a Veltanshang, with a Shkofa. But on the night of Seder, and the night we can reach all kinds of levels. And, and to, to strive for that deep connection to Hashem, because to the extent that we don't, we're still under Mitzrayim. Right? Mitzrayim is Metzar. It's what limits us in this world. We get rid of the Chametz coming into Pesach, not to, to, as a, a historical reality, it's because it represents the Yitzhahara. And, when you, and anything that holds us back in life from happiness, from success, from godless, from greatness, from achieving, is our Yitzhahara. And that's why I want you to start, I'll, I'll do, do another piece next week. But you have to come into Pesach with that thought. I want to do a little halacha in a few minutes, just as well. It's an important, it's an important halachas. And then we'll be done by nine. Says the Mechaber. But I want to encourage everybody, by the way. You know, I just did this to remind them. We should be doing Pesach throughout over here, preparing ourselves. The more we're prepared, you know, we're showing Yom Kippur, we spiritually prepare ourselves. Pesach, we physically prepare ourselves. That's like literally... I feel like little kids doing that. You know, like little kids don't know Mitzrayim as a physical certitude. If all you're doing is cleaning for Chametz and you don't realize what Pesach is, you're missing that internal world. You're like that person who been to that Yeshiva Bachar who went to a hundred weddings and never knew what a wedding was. <laughs> you know, you never understood why you walk around the, the, the Kala walks for the Chassan, what the Chuppah represents, what Yichud is, why you walk down with candles, why a ring. Right, one ring, all that stuff. There's a lot of meaning to all of that. And you consider the wedding and look at your iPhone. The wedding can be inspired. And sometimes people on the, under their own couple almost look at an iPhone because they don't know what they're doing. Right? The Seder, the more we're prepared, the better off we'll be. Says the Machabra, after the night of Pes- after the Suda and Pesach, Tzvi, when we fall asleep over here. It's not almost, good. almost. You, you didn't have four cups of you didn't have four cups of wine yet. Right. You didn't have your matzah go down yet. Quickly. Yeah. So after the Gemara calls to the Oichlami Matza Shmura, I like the Sviman, it's your new name. Laacher Gemara calls to the after you finish the Suda, Mimata Shmura, remember Pesach if they have only Matza Shmura, Tachas Amapa, Kezayas Ko Echad, so why eat Afikomen? By the way, once in a while I quiz people at my table, it's crazy. They've been to thousands of Siddharam, they have no idea what they're doing things. They know what they learned in fourth grade, you know. Uh, or, the, or their kids are learning in fourth grade. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's why is the Afi Komen? Zeichel Pesach. So remember, it's the Korban Pesach. Hanechal Soivas. The Korban Pesach. How much the Korban Pesach did most people eat, by the way? How much did you eat? A Kazayis, right? So at the time of the base of Megdash, speeding on a day, you eat a Kazayis to the Korban Pesach. At least a Kazayis you have to have of the Korban Pesach. And you had to eat it when you're already full. Not stuffed. But fall, all seva. Viachalena ba'aseva, you need to eat afik homen leaning. We'll see in a second if you repeat if you don't do that. But lo'evarachala, there's no bracha on afik homen. You already made motzi matzah earlier. No bracha. Says the mechaber, viazar lach lo kolim chatzos. You better be careful to eat afik homen before chatzos. Now for some people, no big deal. But if you have your kids going or you have a long seder, it's a big deal for me. I have to literally watch the clock by my seder to plan this out. I'm makbid. To finish by Bechatos, then I go for another couple hours after. But, uh, uh, you've been there, Belsky, right? Um, so at the end of the day, you should try to finish before Chatzos. The Yachtim Atzmo, the Ramad says the thing which fewer people are careful about that even Halal should be read before Chatzos because it's connected to this. It says the Mishtabura, Afi Komen, Kazais, Ulechatchila, Tov Shikach Shnei Kazaisim. It's better to have two kezesim. One, one for the Korban Pesach, and one for the matzah that they used to eat with the Korban Pesach. And some opinions even hold that the main mitzvah matzah is right here. It's right here. Now, uh, uh, there, if you look at the charts, the, the, the second kezesim could be the small shear. The kedai, 
night of Pesach to do. You know, Pesach is all about doing things correctly. To have Shnikadism. If you don't have a way to measure it, you should get the charts. They can buy, you can buy for Eichlash for $2. Not a big deal. Or you can do what I do. I weigh out my matzah before Pesach. I get a scale and I, I put the grams in. And I weigh them all out. I have it in portions. And in little bags. Uh, ahead of time. So that I come to... I have a lot, second, I have a lot of guests. So I have it weighed out. But you should... I, and I have I actually have three bag, three bags that have mozi matzah. I have korech, it's a different share, and I have afikomen, a third share. So I have three types of bags. So afikomen is uh, not as big as my mozi matzah, which is also two kazesim. I use the second kazais, can be a little bit shorter, but you should have two kazesim. Ideally, chatechila chatechila says kol echad, who is within everyone, including women. Women are absolutely, absolutely obligated. To do this, to do this mitzvah, and for women it's much more difficult. They don't like eating a lot of stuff, but there's a chiyuv, an obligation, uh, to do this. Also, see, see earlier the the Chavetz Chaim says that we learned that you should not be filled to the gills, right? You should, you should, uh, you know. I try actually, my, I, often not to have dessert at my house the night of, of Pesach. Not every woman should be your dessert. You know, if it depends on my guests, if you feel they need, I'll do it. Um, you should eat it leaning. Says the Bishtabura here, it's actually a stira, that you don't have to go back. And another place he says you have to go back. Not so simple, right? It's, uh, it, you know, uh, the Svartim will eat another Kazais if they don't lean. Right? By us, it's a big question, right? Whether you have to do it. Many people will do it if they don't, if they don't uh, lean. We have to make sure... Uh, to lean. I have like a thing, I like I'll I'll knock on the table before I have my, 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 my thing to make sure I lean. Like I'll do something to make sure that I lean because it's not simple not to lean. Um says because why don't we make a bracha on it? Because the afikomen is not the Korban Pesach. It's a zecher of the Korban Pesach. It's a remembrance. It's, it's not the mitzvah. We do it. Says a shla who's a shla heart you know that's Schloss? I probably have, but don't remember. Who's Louis? Who's Louis the Fourteenth? You know Louis the Fourteenth, King of France. I don't. I don't. Uh, okay, you're okay. You've you've you've, you've exculpated yourself. They're contemporaries. You know Louis the Fourteenth is, is not so bad. If you knew Louis the Fourteenth, you know the Schloss. That would have been really bad. The Schloss. It was the role of Frankfurt. Right, later in Shalim, the Shneilachasebris said the Schloss. When they when they would get the matzah, they would kiss the matzah. They would kiss the matzah, they would kiss the mother. It's such an appreciation. You know, <coughs> if I won the lottery, once in a blue moon I buy a lottery ticket just to, if a guy wants to bless me. If I imagine I win it, I would I'd kiss that ticket, I'd be dancing, doing a jig. I don't know if you know what a jig is, but the jig's like, right? Right, do a jig, right? Do a jig. I'd be, wouldn't you kiss it? If you realize what this is, what it represents, you, he saw the growth oriented people kiss it. He says, by the way, also sukkah, when you come in and out, kiss the sukkah. Arbaminim. I'll call the chiva mitzvah. The ashray says the shlah, Misha'ev Hashem is a praise of the person who serves Hashem with simcha, who loves the seder, who appreciates eating the matzah. You know, who, you know, who loves, who looks at that matzah. When I see matzah in the seder, I'm excited. Not that I'm not like this. But I remember I've had people at my table, they look at the portion. <sighs> now they think about their belly button, their, their waist, I can't do this. I promise to all of those people, no, not bad people, um, if I would offer them, not even 50 grand, 10 grand, 10 grand, guaranteed. If you had a million dollars, take that month, they would gobble it. They would gobble it up. If I offered 100 grand, some people are tough to sell, like Tzvi over here. You do it for hundred grand. You eat a big share, right? You'd be, of course, you would eat. It. He would eat it joyfully. He'd be thinking about my next trip with that hundred grand, paying off the mortgage, whatever it may be. You know, you think it that way. So the shlaz of that person, you look, when you understand what, I'm, what it means, the sheer, you be dance. This is gonna bring me closer to Hashem. You understand what you're doing. You, it, you're, you have such joy. You represent. You know. You know what it means. You know what it means. You appreciate what it is. The azar. Says the Mishnah Bura, if you have to be careful to finish the Afikom Bachatzais, 
Shekevin Shu Zechla Pesach. Why did he finish by Chatzais? It's a remembrance of the Korban Pesach. And the Korban Pesach on Pesach was only eaten until Chatzais. Uh, the Kol Sheken certainly says the the Mishnah Kizai Sarishon of the Matzah. I'm not sure how you'd be so delayed, but let's say you were you had some kind of delay. You know, I mean, your kids come out with lots of dvarteras, <laughs> lots and lots of dvarteras. Uh, you know, you better wa- you better wash before chatzos. If the eved, if you acher, if if you if you delayed, it's a question if you fulfill the obligation. Matzah b'alam pesach is a mitzvah, teraisa, biblical mitzvah. Uh, and therefore, if you would miss washing for motzi matzah before chatzos, you would kill the bracha al achilas matzah. You would say a motzi, but al achilas matzah is a bracha of mitzvah, right? So there's two brachas on the, on the matzah. That you say if we were not to wash a motzi until oh, it could happen. By the way, uh, you know. Somebody told me a little while back, they went to someone's house for the Seder. They sat and schmoozed for an hour and a half. That's a person's house, schmoozing, like an hour and a half. I don't know what they were talking about. They didn't tell me. And no, it wasn't that. And uh, I said, you're crazy. He's a front person. Are you crazy? Let me pay You said schmoozing about politics at your wife's at your wedding and like getting out of your mind. I, I really believe you, you should pick your Seders. You pick your, you know, you have to. Don't please, don't sell your Seder short. Don't sell yourself short. Right? So, it could happen, by the way. It's where somebody has a, a real reality. It comes in sometimes, sometimes a baby, whatever it may be. If you, if you didn't wash, the bottom line is, you can't say, Allah Matzah after Chatzais. Because that's a Birch Mitzvah. Uh, but you should still eat it without a Bracha. Let's say, for whatever reason, you get very late. What should you do? What's the rush plan? All of a sudden, you're starting your Seder, it's 12 o'clock at night, and the Chatzais is 105. Right? Chatzais is 105, and you didn't even start your Seder. Somebody was sick, you know, something happened, uh, whatever whatever it is, you were waiting for a guest, whatever, right? whatever happened. So you should, this is, what you, this is, the, this is the bare knuckle. Ikadish, make sure you drink a first cup, wash your hands for mozi, and the chilas matzah, Make other morer before chatzais, then uh, you should do lagad afterwards. And this should all happen before chatzais. It means skip that to the, to wine, wash, and morer all before chatzas, and then you can take a time in lagad. That's what about the afikomen? Uh, the afikomen is is you know is it's on a mitzvah. So if you didn't do it for chatzais, then there are people who there are people who are even though it's against the pashtus of lacha, who will not be makbed because it's only a zecher, there's no bracha. And there's some people who hold you can do it after, but you know, if you're stuck, you're stuck. Some people will do the avninez, which I mentioned before, they'll have an extra kazayas for the afikomen, and, and, and then go back to the afikomen again at the end for, for the next lacha, which we'll see briefly. Uh, and halal, uh, you should do bracha before and after, lechatchila before chatzos. If you didn't do halal before chatzos, you do it after, lechatchila. Says the Machaber, im shachach, v'lo achal afikom. If you made a mistake, you didn't v'lo nizker ad shenato yadav, you didn't mayam achrenim. This happens, because I know this question has come. You didn't mayam achrenim. Which means, you forgot the afikom, or, more likely, let's, Rabbi Yisai, let's bench. What happens if you say Rabbi Yisai, let's bench? You gotta bench. You ended your meal. Right? You ended your meal. Well, you say, let's, let me bench him? You look at me like that. If you say, let's bench, it means you had hesed hadas, you, you've taken him out away from your tiyas for your meal. If you've decided to bench, your meal is over. Right? You should still have a common blokhazamotzi. So you still go back and eat. <laughs> so you do your benching, and then no, you... No, no, you would still... Even though in general, if, you, if you'd say, let's bench, you couldn't eat any more bread... Here, 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 exactly. Okay. Uh, the Lunis cup, let's say you benched. In before you did the third cup, you wash your hands again, have hamotzi, and eat afikomen, and then bench again. Right? And have a bench again. And, and therefore, sure, you have to eat two kazesim. Why do you have to eat two kazesim? 
because the tilsa dime it's a kibetza, right? And then you make a bore pre and drink the cup. And if you said bore pre and you didn't eat that fake common, you should uh, uh, you should rely on the matzah the beginning. That's it. Once you drink the third cup, you can't go back. You lost the afik common.